Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. I've been having a few conversations here. I'm still at Labrie in Switzerland, and uh, I had a good one uh, just the other day, just, just in the last week. And we were talking about the fact or the understanding, I guess, myself and another fellow, that most of the people that are here at Swiss Liberty have a concern about, I guess, that centers around God meeting their needs. And the concern is that God should be meeting my needs. God doesn't seem to be meeting my needs. What's going on? And when you say what people, when you say people at Liberty, you mean like other students that have come to study yeah and that are maybe disillusioned with christianity or yeah i don't know if they're disillusioned yet but they're concerned at least so i would say the sense i got from talking with this student was a lot of the people for whom things are not going well or that where a lot of these people would perhaps describe their christian situation as not going well a big part of that concern or something that's the part of the, what's not going well is that there's an expectation that God's going to be meeting my or their needs in a certain way and God's not. So I wondered, I wondered about, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about some of this stuff before, but I wondered about your views on that and what your background tells you and what your thoughts are. And <laughs> that's a big one. It's a big one for me in the sense that I think that's one of the uh, false advertisements that I got about Christianity. Uh, and I'll say for myself, because I was I was talking to my wife about this last night, like, what do you think of this idea of God meeting our needs, and how do you think of it? And and mm. she has had a different experience of it. But for me, yeah, it was the sense that, you know, God is, God is supposed to, God does meet our needs, and isn't that wonderful? And I have a hard time relating to it because I, I feel like there were significant times in my lives where I'm like, okay, you know, God meet my needs. And I didn't feel like God was anywhere to be found. And I didn't really feel like my needs were met. So <laughs> this wonderful person that would be my best friend when I didn't have any friends just didn't really deliver on the way that I thought that he was supposed to. And the way that it had been described to me, so right. so I can I can definitely relate to that. And then I mean, you can go a few levels deeper, and then say, well, what kind of needs does God meet, and how does He meet them, and what does that look like? And my experiences there don't seem to match a lot of other people's experiences that will say, oh, I had this need and God met it. Or uh, can I dig a little deeper yeah, there? Yeah, do it because I don't think I'm doing a very I don't think my uh, presentation is very clear here. <laughs> Well, no, no, it, it is. I'm just wondering uh, like a little bit more on that when you say your experience doesn't kind of jive with other people's experiences when they say that they had this need and that God met it. I'm wondering what sorts of things are they telling you and what's how how I, confident do you feel that when they say God met that need that that – like are they are they sharing the content? Yeah, so here's, so here's a great example. So this is very recent, and I asked my wife, okay. like, can I share this? And she said, yeah, sure. So she was going through a, a difficult time recently and was, I can't remember exactly what the details around it was, but she was just feeling, I think she was just kind of feeling lost and mm -hmm. really sad about some past experiences in her life. and. Mm -hmm. She asked God to help her find clarity or to not feel maybe as despairing as she was like. She was just kind of asking for help in that. Mm. And there was a Bible sitting next to the chair she was sitting in and she opened it. And she just kind of opened it to a random page in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she you know, just started reading where she happened to open it. And it so happened that this psalm completely spoke to how she was feeling, what she was thinking, 
essentially what she was needing. Hmm. And she really felt that God answered her prayer and met her needs in that situation. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of situations like that that I can think of or that I can relate to. I don't okay. also know I'm... In other words, I'm a little leery of this, like, well, you just opened the Bible and, you know, God magically mm-hmm. took you to the right page. But mm-hmm. I will say that she's had a number of these experiences. And I just haven't. So... Now, when you say she's had a number of these experiences, you mean of having a sort of... Uh, having a need or having a sense of, I'd really like to hear from God, or I'm really discouraged about this situation. I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. then thinking of a particular psalm, a psalm or a particular verse and thinking, oh, I wonder what the, I wonder what that psalm, I, you know, this number is coming to my mind. I'm, I'll, just, I'll open the Bible there and just look at it and mm-hmm. read it and... I mean, more times than I can count, she's just been like, this is crazy. I just had this sense of looking here, and there it was. Now, it doesn't happen 100% of the time, but I would say it happens for her a lot more than it's ever happened for me. Interesting. And, and when I think of myself, it's more, you know, uh, okay, I have a need of, I don't know, I think back early on in my career, and I had some jobs that I did not enjoy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, okay, God, you know, I need, a, I need a different job here. I need a better situation. Can you help me out? <laughs> and really just feeling like nothing happened. I mean, it just took years and years to get dialed in on what I'm good at and, and where I should be and what I want to be doing. And I feel like a lot of that is has just been a result of my diligence and my discipline on some days and not so much discipline on other days and in a lot of ways I feel like it's just been my brute force of just trying and trying and trying and putting the pieces together not that I prayed God would you you know would you give me a better job or would you give me clarity in this situation and you know (laughs) whammo there was clarity whammo someone just called me on the phone and said John we need you for this position you'd be perfect for it would you take it like that just that kind of stuff just doesn't happen right. for me. But I've heard plenty of other people they're like, Yeah, you know, I was totally in, you know, dire straits and I prayed that God would provide whatever and the next day there it was. It was amazing. Yeah. So the those are I guess those would be two things that I could think of personally in terms of what it means for God to meet our needs. And so I would say that for some reason, I'm really open to the idea, and I think that it happens for people. But I'll say that for myself, I just feel like it very rarely happens for me, and I don't know why. Right. Interesting. Well, it's. I mean, you've raised two different sorts of needs there, I think. One is this sort of need for assurance or, or kind of bolstering or, or consolation, and the other is this sort of practical, you know, change of circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Different job or whatever. I mean, I, I'm not going to take away from the, 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 you know, the turning to the Bible. The, the one thing I would say is I, I don't want to take away from the fact that perhaps when we're looking for something or needing something that the Bible is, as Christians, if we're looking for something or looking to feel or not necessarily feel or just feel, but to to understand our situations in a different light or looking for kind of a, a shift of perspective that I think that going to the Bible is, is a great way to, to, to go. I'm just going to kind of just throw this statistic out there. <laughs> well, and I would, cl- I would qualify by saying anyone that's listened to me for any length of time knows that I'm not a fan of just pulling crap out of the Bible. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, so so someone might be like, well, John, I can't believe that you think that's okay or that there's validity there. And mm-hmm. all, all I can say is the, the everything lines up in a way that I say, well, that kind of makes sense. That the, In other <laughs> words, I can connect all the dots there in yeah. a way that I haven't been in some of the books and other things we've been critical of. So, Right. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that. 
that, that that's not your typical kind of orientation. And, and typically I'm kind of, you know, hesitant about that as well. Or, you know, I'm hesitant about how it originates. So in other words, I don't know about you and I don't know uh, about Tommy, but I have, I know that, that I've spent a fair bit of time combing through stuff. There's some latent things in my mind. And so I know like one of the latencies that I have is uh, languages because I've studied a number of modern languages. And sometimes I'll have a word in German that just pops into my head or a word in Russian, which are two languages I've spent some time studying. And when I go and look up the word, it, it's often kind of, it's kind of related to my state of mind or a certain set of circumstances. It might be a, a verb that's describing how I'm feeling. I don't know why that happens, but it's interesting. The statistic I was going to raise is I just did, uh, so, you know, we've talked about this uh, kind of Bible database program called Accordance. I've got Accordance. I use it often. And just a little while ago, I did a search on love in the Bible, and then I refined it a little bit. I found out that in the Old Testament, the coincidence of the word love and the word steadfast or steadfastly or steadfastness, and so love, loved, loves, loving, right? Any of those off of the stem love and anything off of a stem steadfast, that where these two occur, it's quite frequent in the same sort of either verse or verse or two. Actually occurs 175 times through, let me just see, I wrote them all down, through the Old Testament. And interestingly enough, 120 of those, so uh, more than two-thirds, almost 70% occur in the Psalms. So, I, just the Psalms are, I guess my point is, the Psalms are, I think they occupy the greatest number of pages of any individual book. They're kind of right in the middle of your Bible if you open it. And it's... <laughs> so you're saying the, the probability of her opening to Psalms is high? <laughs> the probability of finding consolation look there are some psalms that are extremely dark but but just having done the search i can say that if you're looking for something about love and then there you know in terms of it's not just about love but about god's faithfulness and other things like this you're 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 more likely to find them in the psalms than anywhere else in the bible actually and that's a that's a quantitative fact right you can go in and do that same search and you're going to come up with those same numbers that i came up with um, which isn't saying that, that, you know, God's not active, but I guess I would kind of raise that point, raise the point about latency of memory. So sometimes something will occur to me about the Bible and I can't, like a, a certain phraseology, a certain reference, a certain story, and I may or may not be able to place it. So yeah, I guess I would just sort of say, I'm not too sure how much that is God bringing all of that into my head versus what role exactly God may be playing in that. Or sometimes if it's just, you know, my own ability to remember things partially and that there's a prompt that comes from my surroundings. So I'm not foreclosing on the idea that it's God. I'm just sort of not saying, oh, yeah, I think God always works like that. Well, so, and as, we, as we're talking about this more, you're kind of my, – my mind is kind of warming up around the topic. It's mm. – when yeah, when you say like – what do you think about this idea of God meeting our needs or people saying, yeah, God isn't meeting my needs. <sighs> I think I first, it, I know several people said, but I remember Dick High saying it at Southboro Libri and it was this idea of God as this cosmic vending machine. <laughs> Dear God, I need this, you know, can I please have it? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm going to paint with a huge broad brush and just say, I just think that my experiences in evangelical Christianity was you got to need God's there to meet it. Like that's ah, like, like that. That's like like that's I mean there are a number of different benefits, you know, in terms of, you know, if you think want to think, you know, business or marketing, if you're marketing God, you know, the 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 you know, one of the one of the key benefits is that he will meet your needs. Like yeah, that that's well, a that's what? one of, that's a big part of the selling proposition. I mean there's there's avoiding, you know, eternal torment and hell. Which is, which is, you know, we, we've beat that one to death. But yeah, then there's also, yeah, there's also, uh, I mean, get your needs met. I mean, he'll he meet mm -hmm. all the needs that you have and, you know, on this earth and then thereafter. Right. 
Well, the way you expressed it there, I think that was really what I was aiming at. Or, mm. or I think what this, what this, the person with whom I was speaking was describing, you know, the, well, the kind curious, of selling point. Yeah, same. I'm curious to know more about like what was the, without, you know, breaking into the confidences with them, but like what was, what were the generalities around their feelings of like, were they feeling disillusioned or... Yeah, I think there was some disillusionment and then there was the idea that's being put forward or that this person mentioned that the idea being put forward here at Swiss Libris is God's not about that in a certain sense. Like God will not meet all your needs and that this idea is being debunked. Now, and that's where my jumping off point was, you know, so I've spent a little bit of time. Uh, I did another record and search. What did I do? I did God and or Lord. And then within 20 words of that, I look for things like care, caring, clothes, provide, food, eat. And I came up with remarkably little. So I searched the whole Bible. Well, wait, um, what's your predisposition to this topic? Well, uh, well okay, yeah, 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 no, that's, that's, yeah. Cause, See, cause it, I mean, do you relate to this idea of God meeting our needs? Well, no. And I, and I, what, and really? The, no, I don't. I don't relate to it. And this is when I was having the conversation with this guy. I had this alarm bell going off in my head. And it wasn't the alarm bell of, you know, oh, this person's talking junk or, oh, this is a really bad idea or, oh, I really resonate with this. It was, it was this really kind of strange dissonance. And whenever I have this dissonance, it makes me perk up and pay close attention. I'm confused by it, but I know that it's a sign of something that I want to, and, and I think I'm going to bring this, I hope I'm going to be able to bring out what I found that it was a sign of. But the dissonance that I'm talking about is this guy's telling, you know, he's telling me something that I understand. And I also think it's normative. I may not agree with it, but I think it's normative in, in evangelical Christian cu- culture to think that, as you said, one of the selling points of Christianity is God, God's there to meet my needs or God will meet my needs, something like that, right? So I understand him. I can, I know it's normative but I have no sense of being able to relate to this at all. And Why that's not? not. Well, you see, because the, you don't the, feel that God met your needs when you needed him to, or. N- well, n- yes and no. Yes and no. Right. So I guess what was occurring to me, what occurred to me later as I was kind of going through and thinking, you understand what he's saying. It makes sense to you. It's th- it wasn't a sense of me not agreeing. There was not a sense of, of judgment on it at all. Um, I happened not to agree and more so following the, the accordance search that I just mentioned and kind of looking at these verses, digging into them a little bit. But it was more so just this kind of, this does not conform with my view of God. This doesn't conform with my expectations. I had no emotional resonance with it at all. Like, you know, if you think, if you... Uh, what I often hear, and I heard just two weeks ago, I had a conversation here with somebody brand new, and she, this is an older person in her 60s, late 60s, and she was talking about how God was meeting her needs. And I had an extremely long conversation with this person. Um, and we, we may have talked about this on a prior podcast. Yeah, I think we did. Um, but so there wasn't this sense of like judgment or um, I can't relate to this or envy or anything like that. It was just, wow, this, this, this is not the way I see God um, at all. You know, and it's not something that's, that's, that's for me is, is a driver or has been a driver. I guess it, I guess in the one sense I'm looking, when I made my, what was instrumental for me in, in moving from Christianity to rejecting Christianity um, was the picture of God I had and the understanding of God I had was too narrow, too weak, too ultimately kind of insipid and watered down. And I guess I wouldn't say it at that point that it was watered down. I would just say that God was nowhere to be found when all of these really harsh, negative, what I would, what I do term, um, occurrences of evil and yeah, evil in my life and, 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 uh, deep hurt were occurring and God's nowhere. 
And I think what came about as I returned to Christianity those, I guess, seven years later was that I had new experiences of God, but also new understandings, new experiences of God, new experiences of myself and of other people, new understandings of God, of myself, other people. And so, I mean, I don't know what you... Well, no, as you're saying that, though, I distinctly remember you saying in some previous podcast that God gave you what you needed. Yes, but I would put that in a certain type of context, and I'm seeing my own experiences now in a different kind of light. So I'm seeing them... I guess on three different levels. I don't know how how much it's important during this conversation to go into those, but the first level is literally experiences that happen. I could tell you, you know, you and I, you and I have talked about this before. Um, experiences in the here and now with other people, and then there's how I um, how I interpreted those, what those what those were about, and then what. Ultimately, I saw within those things or that were underneath those things or just the conclusions I drew out of them. Um, but I would say that those experiences or the experiences I had in terms of meeting my need, um, and I'm going to go back to kind of my focus all the time, all the time, all the time. I'm coming back to this focus on truth and love, love and truth, and I would say that God is interested in the furtherance of God's kingdom. That is what God is about. And in that kingdom, I and you and other people are crucial, but we are not primary or focal, which sounds like a bit of a contradiction. It also sounds scandalous. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) right? But I'm going from the I'm going from the understanding that God's kingdom is from God, by God, for God. It originates from God. It is brought about by God, and it is ultimately for God. So God's kingdom is, in essence, God reclaiming all things as God's own, with God being in right relationship to all those things, which is God being sovereign, God God is ruling in God's kingdom. And yet there's this kind of amazing collaboration that God offers to human beings. And also where God is not only sovereign, but father and parent, right? And so, and it's, it's, it's so fascinating on this accordance search that I was just mentioning, this God and Lord within 20 words of care, clothes, provide, and and this is just like roots. I've got like, you know, wild cards after the end of most of these words. So care or caring or clothed or clothed provides or providing. Those are all captured. Um, and I got surprisingly few hits. And then I got the kind of this the the the, the stable ones. If God so clothes the grass of the field, then how much more will God, you know, take you know, provide for you? And, and this whole thing about, you know, the hairs on your head, God knows the hairs on your head, and you, you're worth more than you know, the whole thing about sparrows. These are, these are some of the main ones. And I've, it was interesting to me that these came to my head. I, didn't, I couldn't recall exactly where they were, but we're talking uh, here. Let me just flip to. So could it be that what I've defined as needs that I think that, that I've understood the advertising to say that God meets are misappropriated or inaccurate well i think what when i was talking about you know that initial comment i made about love and truth truth and love within the context of god's kingdom god is interested it seems to me in furthering god's kingdom i am crucial but i am not primary or focal right it begins with god it's brought about by god it is ultimately for god and yet i am deeply included i am deeply important right and that's the difference between, you know, saying, for example, God came to save me from my sins. No, God didn't. Jesus came to renew the covenant to make possible 
what the coming of the kingdom of God. Like, look at the beginning of the Gospels. Look at what he's saying. Look what's, look, look, look what's being attributed to Jesus through the Gospel writers. It's always about repent, for the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Right? And it's about the Israelites having the possibility of being in right relationship through what? Through the fulfillment of the covenant, through whom? Through Jesus. Through his life and through his death. And through him being raised again. Through his resurrection. But that this is the focal point. This is the kind of where everything comes together. But I would say in terms of my own experiences and God meeting my needs, love and truth, truth and love. If you have, if people, if anyone is sufficiently, has a sufficient deficit in either one of those two areas. So in terms of love, can you accept love? Are you, can you believe yourself lovable? You know, and I'm not sort of saying a deficit is somebody who has uh, low self-esteem. I'm talking a little bit more than that. But there are also the possibility of deficits in terms of truth. You know, what's my conception of truth? In other words, these two areas as broad, broad headers under which a lot of other things fall, you know, truth, you've got fairness and justice and honesty, et cetera, under uh, love, you know, mercy and forgiveness, et cetera. If you are unable to work or to receive almost, to receive from God and understand yourself in light of God's love for you and God's truth, you're in a bit of a tough spot. And I would say that my needs particularly were met in terms of me needing, literally, there were things inside of me that were broken through my background, through my... um uh, my history of of significant familial abuse that were broken. And if God and I were going to have a relationship, something needed to be done. And I had already put in a lot of time and a lot of years on that. I'm not saying that the only way for things to happen were was for um, a certain very unusual set of circumstances to come about. But those circumstances did come about. And so I guess I would say that my needs were met insofar as my ability to love and be loved was healed. God met my needs in terms of healing. Was this related to the kingdom of God? Absolutely. Did God have to do that? No, I don't think so. And I think that's the other part of it too, which is some of this is just, you know, where love, we've talked about this love being super abundant, it being more and how much more, if you like. Love doesn't work on a scale of you give me one and I'll give you one. You know, love in some ways works on a scale of I'll give you everything because I love you. Because there is this deep bond and deep attachment. And there's a reciprocity there, hopefully, right? Where, where love is working in both directions from both parties. But for me, what I needed was healing. There was no way, I don't think, given who I was and what I'd gone through, that I was going to have the possibility of relating with God, coming back to relationship with God without that. For most people, is that the case? I don't think so. But did you know that? Because the, the more you talk, the more I'm listening and just thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking how easy it could be and how I've probably done it is to say, well, well, these three things are my needs. Mm-hmm. God, if you're out there, meet them. <laughs> Right, and maybe they're not the quote needs that I think that they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe the real needs I have are other things that I'm not aware of. So I, I guess what I'm wondering is, it, it seems to me as you've described the experiences of receiving love and those things. In hindsight, my sense is in hindsight you're able to look backwards and say, "Oh my goodness, I so needed love in that moment or in that mm-hmm. situation to kind of take the next step, and I received it." Mm-hmm. But were you were you like saying, yeah, once I get love, then everything's going to be better? Or were you saying, God, if you're out there, give me some love because then I can put these other pieces together? No, I mean, I was still in the place of, of saying, I remember I was coming every week for my one-on-one meeting with my tutor here at Labrie. This was, by this point, 1996. And I was, I was well enough disposed to this to this person, like, you know, I had a good relationship with him and I valued and respected him. But in general, I still thought Christianity was a crock. 
I thought it was this ridiculous proposition. And I wasn't asking God for anything because God wasn't there or God wasn't worth asking anything because God couldn't do anything. You know, I'm not going to wow. go knocking on the door of, I don't know, somebody down the street if I'm looking for a loaf of bread and they're not a baker. Like, why would I do that? In fact, I didn't even think the house was there or maybe the house was there, but there was nobody home. So, <laughs> no, I wasn't. And that was part of the process, you know, and, and I think the reality too, were there people praying for me? Sure, there were right? Was I in a Christian place who really had no reason or right to be there, right in the sense of, you know, I was there to try to get over my anger at all these stupid Christians for their ridiculous views and just let them be themselves and know when it was, okay, Greg, it's time to end this conversation with this person. Not that I would seek out conversations with Christians. I wasn't trying to deconvert them or, you know, whatever, but I'm constantly rubbing shoulders with people like that. And why would you want to be angry every time you met somebody? That's my problem. And I want to get over my problem, right? I'm taking ownership of that in my life. I don't like you. I don't like your beliefs. But you know what? I don't have to get angry all the time. I can be an adult. And even if you're not an adult or even if I think you're imposing your views on me, I don't have to get all torqued about it. So, no, I, I, I don't think I knew that at the time, though. The context of that particular meeting, which was the you know, the moment where that experience occurred was me having a profoundly deep insight into the lies that my father, having abused me, had left me with. And it, it, it left me at that moment when I had just earlier in that week kind of gone there after years. And I mean, I'd done years of, of, of abuse counseling. Uh, you know, with a good counselor and, and put a lot of stuff together, but I hadn't put this piece together. And it was just one of the, probably the lowest piece that I had. And it was sort of, at that point, it was me just saying, okay, my life is like this. I've received this as a legacy from my parents. You know, some people receive, and I'm not talking legacy like money or goods. I'm talking about emotional commodities. I'm talking about qualities and characteristics that our parents might impart to us in certain ways. You know, and I'm bearing in mind, of course, my dad had been dead then for five years, right? So there's no longer any of this kind of live friction going on. He's not trying to get in my life and stir up stuff or manipulate me any longer. But it was really that I had a profoundly deep sense of just how gnarled and nasty the effects of that of his abuse were and then that was juxtaposed in the most dazzling way with an experience of being deeply loved that as I looked at it and I'm talking looked at it over the course of a couple of years because we left the Brie in July of 96, we returned in January of 99. I began to realize that, first of all, the first thing that occurred to me was the world is bigger than I thought it was. I can't believe that this kind of goodness was there. And as I began to think more and more about it and I put it together, I'm like, this goodness that this person has offered me is really out of character with who he is. It's not the type of guy he is. Where did this come from? And it was so precise and so like the timing and everything. It was so masterful. And I'm not saying he's not a smart guy, but I remember asking him the next time I saw him, I said, did you, did you understand what happened, what your actions and your words did? And he had no clue. And I, he was being sincere. And, and I just thought, how is this possible? And as I began to kind of go over it and over it and over it and over it, I realized, yeah, I think it takes more faith to think that this was random or an accident or good luck, then it was, there's more than just this guy and me in this particular conversation where I had an experience that changed my life. It took less faith to believe it was God. And if I'm going to be a truth seeker, as I claim to be, if I want to be the person I claim to be, I cannot turn my back on that. 
And I had to go back. I had to come back to Labrie and I had to spend a year now digging into, well, okay, something happened. Something really big happened. But is this God? Could, could this be God? And I spent a whole, you know, I guess it was 11 months before, 11 and a half, 10 and a half months before I came to the place of saying, yeah, you know, other things happened as well, right? I had other experiences, but a whole lot of digging and understanding and, you know, we've talked about rigor, rigorous uh, uh, approach to the question of who God is. But I would still say that all of that is in the context of the furtherance of God's kingdom. How? God is desirous that we should all be part of this kingdom. And did I at that point have a sense that I needed God? Not at all. I had a sense that um, my father had more deeply screwed up my life and more deeply put me in a deficit position than I had ever imagined before. But I still didn't think I needed God, right? And I would contrast this that with what you said. If you think, you know, these are my three needs, and I would say, well, maybe they are and maybe they're not. You know, maybe your needs, like, so let, let's, let, let, let's look at a couple of these things here because you're going to recognize these, I'm sure, because it came to my mind. Yeah, I'm also wondering, too, as you're talking, does, yeah. does this tie into the initial conversation you had about having our needs met, or are we, have we gone down a completely different path? Well, I, I think so, because I think you were saying, you know, did, haven't, haven't I been on about, haven't I continued and promoted this idea that God meets my needs? And I would say, yeah, but I'm beginning to see that much more so, on the one hand, as I dig into the text, I'm seeing it more in terms of, uh, the kingdom of God. And on the other hand, as I'm thinking about that original conversation I had with that guy, and I, I remember I told you, I just felt there was a dissonance in me. I just could not relate to what he was saying. You know, it made sense to me. I understood it. And yet I could not relate to it. And yet here I am talking to you a lot about God in some ways meeting my needs. Right? <laughs> well, and, yeah, no, Sounds but what, very contradictory. No, but what keeps coming to me is, is the subtle, the very subtleties of what those needs are. You know, mm. I need a parking spot or mm. I need a friend. I'm lonely or I need a new job because mm -hmm. the one I'm in is not good for me or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which, which, so those things, I guess I would put those things in, those are in slightly different categories on their own, but see, those, those things seem like in a completely different category than I need love or I need to be healed of this these horrible things that happened to me mm -hmm. yeah i guess i would say that in terms of needs one thing that's put out again and again and again that you can count on rely on is people need god you need to be in right relationship with god so is god interested in making that happen yes i think so what does making that look happen look like i think that depends a lot on who you are what your situation is etc you know and then the other part we need god and then god desires god in some ways if you like god commands god offers god invites all of those that kind of range of um being of 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 seeking us commands, desires, invites us to be involved in the promotion and in the coming about of the kingdom of God. Those two things are what are where, if you like, our quote-unquote needs and God's orientation mesh. Right? And God's there working towards those things. Now, does that mean, I mean, I could be even more scandalous because I mean, some of the things... I mean, I remember talking to you about, about, um, when, uh, my, you know, I felt like my marriage was falling apart and I've never prayed more. I never got more people involved in praying and the ultimate end of that, the kind of sense I had, the perception I had, which I hold to, I really, uh, sincerely hold to this as God kind of, if you will, answering, literally answering my prayer, giving me a sense of direction, giving me a sense of orientation and focus had nothing to do with my marriage. It had to do, I kept, you know, through a number of really unusual 
encounters with people I had no expectation of me, hadn't seen in 25 years, and this constant message that was coming to me from all of these sources, the same message. I'm like, where is this coming from? I'm not seeking this. This is crazy. You know, I'd gone to Ontario to find a place where I could maybe live, thinking I was going to have to get divorced. And the constant theme that was coming at me through all of these different encounters over a number of days while I'm there on my own was do your work. Do the work that's been set up before you. And I think that's still the same work that I'm focusing on now, which is not my paying job, but which is what I think my vocation is, which is taking the graduate work that I've done and making it accessible broadly, which I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing that in part through this very podcast. But as I explained it before, it was like me being stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire. Say the flat tire is my marriage. I'm looking for a tow truck. I'm looking for a lift. I'm looking for something. And some guy drops by and hands me a hot dog. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the hot dog. But this isn't what I wanted. Well, is God interested in my marriage working out? You bet. But is God, what I took out of that, well, there's a point. difference between what we want and what we need. Yeah. Well, I think I needed that marriage. You needed to work that hot too. dog. I, I well, I actually did need the hot dog, but <laughs> what I didn't, I didn't do what God wanted me to do at that point, right? And then we've gone through the whole separation, and we're back together. And I shouldn't put those two things together in one sentence to make it sound so easy, because it certainly wasn't. It was nearly, nearly divorce, right? But I think. Had I followed what I understood, the sense of God's response, the, 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 the sense of the understanding that I had following that prayer, those, those lots of people praying and that lots of attention over a long period of time, I believe likely we would not have gone down the road we, got, we went down, at least for my part. So I think had I been more attentive to what I thought and I believed God to be responding to me with, I think that would have changed things. So that's back to the point of, does God care about my marriage? Yeah, but God's, God, God's kingdom, in a certain sense, comes first. I mean, that may sound really bad, but I, I just, it's the sense I get from the text. It's also the sense I have in my own life. Well, since there's, there's an aspect of both and, too, as you were talking earlier about uh, was it God's kingdom or something being primary. Yeah. It was the idea of, of two things are primary, which sounds like it's not possible, but... Well, I still think that God's kingdom, you know, it's from God, by God, for God, and yet I'm crucially involved. I'm crucially important without okay, there's the folks. and yeah there's the and yeah so you were going to read something in matthew did does that still tie in or should we call it an episode well let me read it and you tell me what you think i mean this 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 is just uh it's matthew six thirty, and it's reflected in in luke twelve twenty eight. um Matthew 6.30, but if God so clothes the grass, this is NRSV, the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And this is, I'll go on and read a couple more verses. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive after these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So, on the one hand, there's this obvious presentation of God as being aware of and meeting your basic needs. The interesting thing is that in both Luke and here in Matthew, these, this section is preceded by and followed immediately by references to God's kingdom and the greater importance of God's kingdom. So, the very next verse is, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Sounds a little bit like my flat tire. <laughs> you know, I'm looking to get the tire fixed. It's a valid need. But is there more involved here, right? 
Was there more I needed to be doing in terms of focus? The beginning part of this section. So when you say there was more that you, like, are you saying you were focused on the wrong things? Or I'm not sure I'm clear on what you're saying there. I guess I would say my ultimate interpretation is I was not the right man. At that time, through whatever my wife was doing or failing to do that was causing our problems, I was also doing things and failing to do other things that were contributing to our problems. And that had I been focusing more on the work that I know I've got that is part of my deep passion and my, my, my true orientation in terms of my vocation, had I been focusing more there, that that, I believe the message was, hey, Greg, this is going to have a transformative effect on you. Can't talk for your wife. God's not going to come in and zap anybody. God doesn't have a little magic wand, and I go and pray, and all of a sudden, all the problems I have with my wife, who's just not doing things the way I want her to or causing lots of problems, are going to go away. Well, first of all, you know, there's always two involved in a problem, <laughs> right? Really? But even for her part, <laughs> even for her part, I think I think what I was getting out of that was, hey, you know what? I'm already working over there. I'm already doing stuff over there. Why don't you pay attention to you? Because that's what I want you to do. And here's how, <laughs> here's how you're going to help yourself best. And by the way, interestingly enough, this has to do with the furtherance of my kingdom. <laughs> Go figure. That's the message. Like that was the message. That was and the I message that you were giving. That, that, that was, was the not very I was, helpful. <laughs> I think I was getting, which is, hey, guy, you know, pay attention to this. I've, oh, oh, I, oh, I thought you were saying that to, your, to Susan. No. You're no, saying I God think, was saying that to you. I think that's the, the point of that really kind of focused time of prayer, not just me, but vastly. I mean, I had a hundred people praying. I had tons of people praying. Everybody that I knew and that I could possibly offer, and I was totally vulnerable about what was going on with the marriage, which I hadn't been to that point. And this profound sense of ultimately simply do your work. Do the stuff that you that I put before you that you're deeply passionate about that, that I, you know, that, that I, Greg, think is my vocation. Do that. Focus on that. And that will help you. Yeah, and I think that comes back to one of those two basic needs. One is God. Like, A, this work gets me closer, gets me thinking more about God, gets me thinking more about, well, who am I? What is this relationship with God? And, you know, my relationship with my spouse feels like it's breaking down. What does it mean for me to focus more on this relationship with God? How can a greater focus and a greater attachment there lead to benefits over here? That's my retrospective on it. That's fascinating. So, because I guess I'm thinking timing-wise, somewhere in there is when we started doing this, right? Yeah. We started doing this just a little bit after that, maybe a year after that. I think that was 2011 or end of 2010, maybe. So, but you'd help me get my, uh, my blog up and running at that point. So that was really what the focus was, was do some of this blogging and focus on it and get this thesis out as a kind of acceptable, not acceptable, but accessible presentation to people who aren't academically oriented. But it's it's so fascinating, John. There are so few references to some of these, you know, uh, parts about God meeting our needs. The other the other part is, um, I'll just read the Matthew one again. It's Matthew ten, uh, twenty nine and through thirty. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more. You are of more value than many sparrows. And yet these, this, this kind of, you know, your value and that God's looking out for you, right? This is another kind of passage that at least I'm familiar with that sort of points to God's caring for me. God knows that I have certain needs. But it is prefaced and suffixed by a focus on focusing on God. Like it begins with in verse well, even, even in verse 28, the right preceding verse, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So it's really kind of situating needs on a physical level in terms of their greater 
I guess, um, context of needs on a spiritual level, needs on a um, relational level, and that being with God. It feels like there's a lot more work to do here. <laughs> well, I think so. And, and I would, so I would encourage any listeners out there, untanglingchristianity.com slash 68. We've been getting some really, we had some really good comments recently on the site. And so if you have thoughts on this topic, I don't know, maybe, maybe areas you think we need to go deeper in or explore that we left out or that you relate to, or maybe you don't relate to it at all and you think we're totally crazy. Those are, <laughs> those are all options. Those are all options and maybe any I've forgotten. Anything else you think you want to add before we close this one out or maybe where you think we should head next time? Well, you know, I agree with you. It doesn't feel like we've done enough justice to it. I, th- I think I'd like to come back to some of these, to some of these verses and just, just dig into them a little bit more and kind of, yeah, consolidate some of this idea about the God being primary and yet human beings being crucial. God being focal and yet us being crucial. Thanks for listening to the Untangling Christianity podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So leave a comment on the website at untanglingchristianity.com slash 68. If you'd like to be notified by email when new episodes are released or other news, subscribe to our mailing list, also available in the right sidebar of the website. We welcome your questions, comments, or suggested future discussion topics by email. Send those to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is made possible by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Tune in next week for a new episode.